More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, how much is too much? We're called to be generous to others, but what about those times when we feel like we're being taken advantage of? We're going to help you find the line between being generous and being used. 877-573-7825. They want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, how much is too much? You know, we're all called to be generous to others, and we even enjoy using our gifts and talents to make a difference in other people's lives. It's a good thing, right? And it can make us feel good to be able to do that. But then there are some times when we might feel like maybe we're being taken advantage of. Or maybe there's no maybe about it. We definitely are being used in some way. We want to help you find that line between being generous and being used. Because, again, we all know that we're called to be generous, to use our time, our treasure, our talents to be a blessing to others. But sometimes, when we feel taken advantage of, it's hard to know how to set those limits, or or even if we should. Do you sometimes feel resentful? Because you're giving so much of yourself or your time, treasure, or talent to somebody. But you can't really count on them to give it back. Or maybe, in response to your generosity, you get this incredible sense of entitlement (laughs) in response. And you wonder if the generosity that you're giving isn't actually hurting more than helping. Yeah, hurting us and hurting that other person. And and this could be true of people of any age. You know, so for example, I was just having a conversation with a mom on Catholic Home. Uh, and she was talking about how she was trying to, you know, use positive approaches to get her daughter to uh, do the school activities that they needed to do. And the daughter was really just, you know, wanting to do what she wanted to do, uh, as kids are often want to do. And, and just trying to figure out, well, well you know... When my positive and generous and gentle approaches aren't working, how do I respond to that? So, you know, whether you're talking about a parenting issue where you as a parent are giving and giving and the kids just really aren't responding the way they need to, or, you know, you're in a marital situation or dealing with a friend or really anybody else that you're giving to and you just feel like you're throwing good effort after bad down a bottomless pit. We're here to help you figure out how to respond to those situations so that you can be generous without being used. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Well, and I just want to hit again this idea of you're giving and giving and giving, and you're getting 
virtually nothing back in return, whether that is within your family life, whether that is the extra effort you're putting in on your job, especially if it's the all the effort you're putting into your church or your charitable work, and you're doing it because you want to be charitable, you want to be loving, you want to take care of those things, you know, your parish or your diocese or those charitable things that you're doing. And then everybody ignores you. Everybody treats you like part of the furniture. Nobody extends a helping hand. Nobody includes you in the group. It's just, oh, well, they're they're that Catholic person who's so good and kind and generous. They'll do it all. And you're left feeling depleted, like you're running on empty and wondering if anybody even cares. Now, part of that kind of works with the Catholic idea of pouring yourself out, of being completely generous, of not having pride in a situation. But Satan can really come in there and twist that pretty easily. And suddenly you are actually being used People are not being kind, godly, loving in any way, shape, or form. And you're starting to feel things that Satan's thrilled to have you feel like depleted, like less than you are as a child of God. And yet even that that watchword that makes us really begin to know that we're being used, you begin to feel resentful. If any of this sounds familiar in a situation in your life and you want to check your math and see, are you just being charitable? Is this the holy thing to do? Or are you actually falling into that trap of being used that's toxic and not very holy for you and for everybody involved? It can be a tricky balance and we want you to have the happiest, healthiest and holiest life you can have. So let's talk about it today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And for folks who aren't you know, aware of what that is, uh, St. John Paul gave a series of reflections uh, when he was Pope over the course of about five years, that reflected on how creation reveals God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships as well. Now, we have to understand and emphasize, we are called to be generous to others, to say yes to opportunities, to serve But that doesn't mean that we don't have a right to make sure that our needs are met as well. The theology of the body helps us understand what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God. Let's take a look at what St. Bonaventure taught. He said that the Trinity was like an overflowing water wheel made up of three buckets, representing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are constantly pouring themselves out in love and service to each other. But like the buckets on that water wheel, even though each is constantly pouring itself out totally for the sake of the others, they never run dry because the other two are constantly filling them back up again. Now, since human beings are made in the image of the Trinity, 
our relationships are supposed to be like that too. Yeah, you know, and a healthy sense of assertiveness is a virtue because it allows us to pour ourselves out for others while making sure that we don't run dry or feel used. True assertiveness is different from selfishness because it's concerned with meeting the needs of other people while still allowing us to be mindful of our own. The principle of mutual self-giving that's outlined in the theology of the body assumes that in all godly relationships, the people in those relationships are all equally committed to meeting each other's needs, even when it requires them to grow a little bit or make some sacrifices for each other. Assertiveness, then, allows us to achieve that mutual self-giving by seeking a healthy balance between meeting our own needs and being responsive to the needs of other people. So being appropriately assertive enables us to be treated not as vending machines that exist solely to be used up by others, but as persons who have gifts to give others, but who also need others and have a God-given right to be loved and treated with dignity and, and have our needs be met by others. And that's how we grow into those communities of love that St. John Paul said was our mission as Christians. So let's talk about that today. You know, where do you draw the lines? How do you know where to draw the lines? And do you feel taken advantage of by somebody in your life? You know, you're trying to be generous, but you end up feeling either a little used or like your efforts to be generous and help others aren't helping maybe even making the situation worse. Do you feel resentful sometimes because you're giving so much of yourself to somebody or your time or your treasure or talent, but you can't count on them to give back or necessarily even receive it or respond well? Maybe you're struggling with saying no or wondering whether you can say no or how or setting limits with somebody that you feel is taking advantage. Whatever the situation is, let us help you find the line between being generous and being used. 877 877- Five seven three, seventy eight twenty five. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. We'll start taking your calls in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you for giving us all of the gifts that you've given us and giving us opportunities to love and serve others and be generous with our time, our treasure, and our talents. We thank you for the opportunities you give us to be a, your blessing to others as well. But Lord, you know, your servant St. John Paul reminds us that it's important to love responsibly, to love in ways that actually work for the good of others. And sometimes our efforts to be generous actually enable others to be users or to decompensate in some way. And we ask you now, Lord, to help us to love well and wisely so that we can be generous fully, pouring ourselves out for the good of others, but in ways that are actually good for them and for us, so that together, with all the other people in our lives, we can support each other and become everything you created us to be. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name name of the the Father, Father, the the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled, How Much is Too Much? You know, we are called to be generous to others, and we even enjoy seeing how we can make a positive difference in the lives of others and and give gifts and be helpful. But what about those times when we feel like we might be taken advantage of? We want to help you find the line between being generous and being used. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. 
1-800-273-8025. Let's talk now with Judy, who's listening to EWTN Radio in New York on the EWTN app. Hi, Judy. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, this, this topic really resonates with me because I've gotten it wrong so often. Um, mm. I'm in recovery, and one of the things I learned is I had this savior thing going on where I would sweep in, you know, a girlfriend leaves her husband and I sweep in and I start giving him food, I start paying for things, and I'm going to save her, I'm going to um, fix things for her, and and all it does is create an unhealthy dynamic where I, I think people don't appreciate things if they don't have any skin in the game, and you end up like... Um, just kind of overwhelming them with your largesse, and and then you end up feeling like they can't ever appreciate enough, and there's resentment in that. And, and I feel like I was using it to kind of control people or make myself feel better. So I had to I had to look at how I help people and kind of back it up a little bit so that that I don't. It's not about me. It's about what they really need and the fact that you have to meet them halfway you can't solve their problems they have to have skin in the game um you have Mm -hmm. to like for example if i take them to lunch maybe they leave the tip i'm I'm always looking for ways where they can have self-worth in contributing to the solution and they're evolving and i'm not doing all the work does that make sense Oh, it makes, it it makes, makes so sense. much sense. I'm so glad you called to share that. Yeah, there's just a ton of wisdom in, in everything that you're saying, and I just want to unpack it a little bit, because there, there, are, there are kind of two main themes that are kind of coming out for me about what you're saying uh, that, that, that provide guidance on how to be generous in ways that are actually good and healthy. So the, the first thing um, is this idea that, you know, it's important to be generous to others and to work hard to help other people with their problems. But we should be careful to never work harder than somebody else is working on their problems, because as soon as we do that, they stop working on their problems. And that's just true of all of us. If, if, if somebody's willing to come in and clean up my mess, I'm happy to let them do it. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just our fallen human nature, right? Yeah. You know? um, and so, you know, if, if, but if somebody comes along and says, hey, I'm happy to help you with this, whenever you're ready to start working on it, you let me know. Then that lets me know that, I'll, oh, it's my job <laughs> to kind of do this thing. And they're willing to pitch in, you know, to the degree that it's possible as long as I'm taking responsibility for my stuff. That's actually a, a Catholic, a principle of Catholic social justice um, called subsidiarity, which basically means that. It's, it's the idea that, you know, the person who's closest to the problem has the greatest responsibility for that thing, and any help that's given should respect that responsibility. So that's kind of what, that's the first thing that you're really talking about, making sure that we're working hard to help others, but not working harder than they are uh, because then we we can let them set the pace and we can make sure that they're actually taking responsibility for what's their stuff and we're not being codependent the other thing that stands out to me though and this was more of a subtext when you talk about helping other people to make yourself feel good sometimes we we help other people um not from love but for love and we're being generous so that we can earn their love and approval as opposed to being generous because we want to love them and help them And that's especially uh, dangerous because that's where we are prone to fall into that habit of swooping in and saving people and trying to to, to fix all of their problems so that they'll like me. 
Um, and that's not authentic love, right? That, that ends up being kind of twisted. And it takes that godly impulse to be generous and, and allows Satan to twist it in a way that actually degrades me and the other person at the same time. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little softer on this because I've done a lot of exploring on this on my own, in my own life. You know, it, it can be from that kind of broken place that says, oh, I need love. I need, you know, to be affirmed. So that's why I'm doing it. Sure, it can. But I think for some of us, especially those who are, are spiritually attuned, we do it from a place of understanding innately inside ourselves what we, the world, people together, were created to be, right? We were created to be this community where when I give to you, you give back to me, we love each other, we live in peace with one another, we make each other better. Unfortunately, we live in a fallen world. And that's when we have to take, especially if we are sensitive people, spiritually sensitive people, and we're intuiting our original creation and we want to make it happen through our actions. We do have to take that step back and say, yes, this is who we are supposed to be. This is where we, cre- we are created to be and who we will be again, hopefully in heaven. But it's a fallen world. And so in order to encourage other people to live as they were created to be, I have to really look at who they are, the way they're behaving in return, and what I can do to draw appropriate boundaries so that they rise to their better selves. So we we want to give all of ourselves to just live in who we were created to be, but it often takes that time to step back and build it bit by bit, block by block, to encourage others to be as as self-donative as we are trying to be, to help us all kind of you know, move into who we were created to be and be our redeemed selves. So don't be too hard on yourself. Just remember that it takes, you know, that block by block kind of work and some boundaries and stepping back a bit to assess it. But again, a lot of, I'm sure, hard-won wisdom there, Judy. I want to thank you so much for your call and for sharing those insights. Great way to kick off the program. And if there's anything we can do to support you in your ongoing recovery journey uh, or finding that that balance between, you know, being generous and, and being too much, you know, kind of giving into what you call the savior complex, uh, let us know. We are available for you. Thank you for being such a great witness to the, the amazing people we can become when we're willing to do the work and cooperate with the Holy Spirit the way you have been doing. We, we wish you great joy. Amen. All right, we have to take a break, but when we come back, we're continuing to take your calls at 877-573-7825 about finding that line between being generous and, well, being used. Uh, So if you are in a situation where you feel like your efforts to be generous aren't working the way you'd like or you feel taken advantage of, give us a call. 877-573-7825. In addition to taking your calls, we'll be joined by Rachel Watkins, who's the developer of Little Flowers Girls Club, a mom of 11, when we come back, and she'll be sharing some insights on how to be generous, especially in a family life. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues after the break. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. And we need to pray for all our world leaders and all those who are in such danger. See, in a day and age where people are getting further away from God, you get further away from goodness. Only God is good. You remember what our Lord said one day? Why do you call me good? He said, only God is good. Only God. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. 
This Ave Maria radio program is brought to you in part by Fathom Events. The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, is in theaters for one night only, Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Information at FathomEvents.com. That's FathomEvents.com. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled How Much is Too Much? as we explore how to be generous in ways that are actually helpful and how to find the line between being generous and being used. 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Rachel Watkins. She is the developer of the Little Flowers Girls Club. She's the mom of 11, and she's here to talk to us about how to set boundaries that allow you to be generous to others while still taking care of your family. Hey, Rachel, welcome to More to Life. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Lisa. So, you know, there are, there are lots of opportunities that we're given to serve in our parish or our community to do good things out there, but, but sometimes it's really hard to know, uh, you know, how much can I say yes to? It is, because those sound so much more interesting than what we're doing at home, don't they? <laughs> sometimes that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. It, it sounds more interesting exactly. and it feels like an escape sometimes, doesn't it? Exactly. But what I want to talk about is lean into your family's charism. And every family has one. You all were blessed by God with amazing skills and talents. Best use first and foremost for your family. So make sure you secure some time to be a family. I have teenagers playing sports. I have kids with jobs. But we do have family nights that are secure. We all come together to share a meal, to watch a movie, play a video game or something. Make sure that's a real priority to you. Otherwise, you're going to forget what your children look like. So make your family your first priority. That, that has thing. to be number one. That's where, that's where our vocation lies in the first place. So prioritize that vocation to your family, number one, and make it intentional. So then what do we do? The next thing to do is lean into those things that are your charism. You can be asked to do a lot of different things, but do they fit with what your family is best at? Are you better off helping set up events 
rather than asking for money, then say yes to those things. Say those Say yes to those things that your family celebrates doing, enjoys doing, because then you bring a real joy and and excitement to the event rather than dragging your feet to something you don't want to do. And know what that is. Make sure the husband and the wife and those kids who are helping out know what we say yes to and what we say no to. And when you do need to say no, say it with a smile. Say, you know, we'd love to help out. However, our time is spent here but we'll be sure to pray for you and for your success, and then make sure you do it. Offer up a mass as a family to it. Say a rosary or some prayers to for the success of the thing you have to say no to. But be comfortable knowing that this is where we help. This is where we help that best serves us and our family, but also serves Christ and his church. You know, I love what you're saying here to know what you, you know, as a family, you've said, this is where our strengths lie. These are the things we'll say yes to, the things that we'll say no to. But I will say we often get kind of, you know, sideswiped where suddenly somebody will ask us and we're doing that. Uh, well, it sort of does. It's okay to take that pause and say, let me get back to you. I'll check in with everybody during our family meeting and see if this actually fits into our schedule. And I'll get back to you. It's all right to take that pause, isn't it? It's important to take that pause before you say yes to something. I've been burned more than once by committing Matthew to something or ourselves to something and finding out his calendar had a different thing on it. So do that. Say, you know, I want to make a good decision about this, so I'll call you back. And then, like you said, at the family meeting or there together with your spouse, make a decision and then make the phone call with the yes or the no and the smile and the promise of prayers. Rachel, I want to thank you for being with us and those insights about really how to set appropriate boundaries that let us put our family first. And, you know, and if folks would like to learn more about the good work you're doing, they can go to beholdpublications.com. As we're heading out to our break, you know, one, one thing I want to add to what Rachel was saying, you know, uh, this idea of putting our family first can sound really selfish, but in fact, the church teaches us that taking care of our domestic church is one of the most important ministries that we can do. And that doesn't mean we're not generous to other people. That doesn't mean that we don't find ways to serve others, just like Rachel was saying. But but it means that, you know, if, if we're running around serving everybody else but letting our domestic church fall apart, we're actually undermining the foundation of the, the church and, the, and society as well. Because nobody's going to come in and take care of our kids. Nobody's going to come in and make sure our marriage is strong. That's up to us. <laughs> and so making sure that we're giving that priority to our family life that Rachel's talking about is how we build strong domestic churches and ultimately a strong church as well, even while we're being mindful of the ways that we can be generous to others outside of our homes. So we're taking your calls today on the topic of how much is too much? How do we find that line between being generous to others and you know, either being used or sometimes generally being unhelpful despite our generosity? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- 573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls coming up right after the break. Stick around. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Suffering in the world, personal suffering. One of the biggest things that keeps people from really giving themselves over to the Lord or joining an organized religion. Suffering doesn't seem to make sense. Why do children suffer? Why are there wars? Why is there persecution? Why are some people poor, others rich? Why is there such an imbalance? And on and on and on. A loving God wouldn't do that. Well, God doesn't do that. First of all, we did it to ourselves because in the beginning, right, we chose incorrectly. 
and then sin came into the world. It was not supposed to be like this, but God gives us free will. He does not want to force himself on us because otherwise we would be puppets. But how many of us can look back and forget what came out of a particular hard time? You don't learn really good, strong lessons when everything is going great. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? This is not just a nice discussion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to discuss what happens when people make it impossible to be prudent, just, or honest, or brave, or courageous, or reverent. When people make that impossible, what a terrible thing they do not only to themselves, but to our society. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Jesus reminds us that the key to receiving mercy is being merciful to others. Being merciful means treating people in a manner that reminds them of their worth in God's eyes. We have lots of chances to practice being merciful all day, but the best place to start is in our marriage and family lives. Here are some ways you can begin being merciful to your spouse and kids and reminding them of what they're worth in God's eyes. First, be demonstrative with your love and affection. Let your spouse and kids feel God's love for them flowing through your arms when you hold them. Second, serve with joy. Remind your spouse and kids how much they're worth to God by taking the time to respond promptly to their concerns and requests. And third, bear wrongs patiently and forgive willingly. By practicing these spiritual works of mercy, we give our spouse and kids a physical reminder that nothing they do will separate them from God's love or ours. To learn more about being merciful in your marriage and family life, check out my book, The Bedatitudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad, or visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled, How Much is Too Much? You know, we know that we're all called to be generous to others, and we even enjoy serving others with the gifts that God's given us. But what about those times when we're being taken advantage of? We want to help you find the line between being generous and being used, or even being generous in ways that are unhelpful or destructive, because it's possible to serve in ways that actually hurt people. So let's talk about it. Where do we draw those lines? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Thomas, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. Hey, Thomas. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Um, Thomas? Yeah, there you go. Yes. Uh, I'm just having a, a problem helping my wife um, with giving too too much. Um, 
So she she's a teacher, and the school is kind of in turmoil right now. And mm-hmm. um, to kind of give the backstory, she's been in both physical pain for months, um, and also um, you know going through all of the stuff the school's going through a lot of emotional pain. And you know she's one of she's one of the most respected there, so a lot of people come to her a lot of her colleagues come to her to to vent um and you know she just you know, even this morning she woke up and she's like i'm just in so much pain and, and I've, as i've told her many times before i'm like you have to take time for yourself you have to you have to heal let yourself heal and you know she's like there's there's nobody there who can you know cover my my classes i'm like you know how many she's like you know how many people i subbed for yesterday and uh i mean and you know so when when she gets home of course she's still she's in even more pain from standing and teaching all day um and i mean we we have four what stops her i mean so so i mean i know you're telling her good things but but what's going on do you think inside of her that stops her from being willing to set some of those boundaries around what she's capable of doing? Uh, you know, I, it, it's, you know, this, uh, I feel, I think she feels like, I mean, this, the school is, is kind of going downhill. And I, you know, I think she, I mean, she wants it to, to succeed. And I mean, you know, our, our, children go there as well so of course i wanted to uh, to succeed mm-hmm. too uh, i mean it's pro- it's possible that it might close um you know the the students like her her colleagues like her and i, I feel like she she feels like she has to be the rock when nobody else is because there's just so much um yeah no no i i hear you but i think her. that what's wor- what's important to explore here is um, you know, she she she's a she's a teacher in the school, right? She's not the administrator. She's not the development person. She's not. She doesn't. She she only she has the power to teach her class. She doesn't have the power to save the school. And so, what I'm suggesting here is there's something in her background, in her in her in the way she thinks, in the way she was raised, that that makes her want to take on responsibility that isn't hers. Yeah, and and what's really concerning me here thomas and i think you're implying this as well in in your concern and your question is she's you know i i I was a teacher before i had this whole gig and before i I had kids and decided to homeschool them myself and you need as a teacher it is anybody but especially as a teacher to set up your priorities right especially if you're suffering physically so you know the first priority needs to be you and her own children you know, even if that school stays well, there, health. Mm-hmm. well, yes, but it, let's let's for a moment realize that his wife is not going to prioritize that. But if she begins to prioritize other things, her health will start to fall into place. So if if that school, even if it stays open, even if it flourishes, your children are only going to be there for a short amount of time. You know, a few years, and they move on to a different school, right? So. If she's coming home too thrashed to be able to love and take care of her own children and be emotionally and physically supported, supportive of them, if she's not able to be her best self as your wife because she's in so much pain, that's telling of where her priorities have to begin. If she can't take care of her own class, 
the children that she's been given in her work to really make sure they have the best educational experience because she's busy subbing for everybody else and taking care of all the fires that are going on, then she's not even really meeting the criteria she set for herself in her work as a teacher. I think you all need to sit down and talk about real priorities. And as she begins to look at those things, she may be able to begin to say, oh, wait a minute, so I do need enough energy and health and strength and mental presence to be there for my husband and my kids. And that will be the back door into her beginning to take care of herself more because she'll realize her priorities are off. Well, so so practically speaking, then, the conversation that I think Lisa is suggesting that you have here is to, is to you need to be a little more assertive and say, honey, look, if you won't do this for you, mm-hmm. I need you to do it for us because... Frankly, and as much as it pains me to say this, the way you're approaching your work is causing you to really not be able to be here for us and for the kids. And and that, I mean, you I know. want you to be there for yourself, sweetheart. But I know that because of the loving person that you are, that's really hard for you to do. So let's take a look at how this is affecting the things that are supposed to be part your priority. If you want to ignore yourself... I can't force you to take care of yourself, but I'd like you to try to reconfigure your priorities so you're being your best self in a way that makes sense for your life. Because your your job has taken over everything. You know, it's obliterated your ability to be there for you, really, for, for me and for the kids, too. And that's just not a healthy And for your own anything. students, as opposed to the entire school. And Thomas, if you find that that conversation isn't landing, it doesn't resonate with her, if she's not able to hear it, then it's time to, to go together to get some professional help for her and, 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 and know how through. you can support this with her yeah. and, and help her heal whatever is causing her to feel like she's got to be the savior. I mean, this is very much like our first caller, Judy, was talking about, right? You know, the, the, Judy was talking about how you know, she's in recovery. And it took her a long time to realize that she couldn't swoop in and save other people from themselves. Um, and your wife has a little bit of that savior complex going on here, where instead of just seeing that she's a good teacher and, and being able to stay in her own lane, she's, she's becoming Atlas, carrying the weight of the school on her shoulders and, and feeling like it's her job to somehow save that. And of course, it's causing her to break down. Um, and the, but that, that tendency doesn't just come from looking around at her environment and seeing that the school needs her. It comes from growing up in an environment where she had to be the hero, that she had to be the parentified child yeah. and not knowing how to set those boundaries with that. So there's a, you know, all of us have those kinds of wounds. Sometimes those kinds of wounds start uh, piggybacking on other things that are going on and make our response to them untenable. And that may be what's going on here. So try the conversation we're suggesting first. If that doesn't help, then it's time to suggest that you guys seek some help together to help her heal that deeper wound. And why do I say together? Instead of you just saying, you know, honey, you need to go off and get fixed <laughs> by, by some counselor, because you need to know how to support her in that. Uh, and you know how, you need to know how to work together to set those boundaries so that you can uh, have a healthy marriage and family life and still be generous to your work and other responsibilities that you have. And if that's the way that you believe that you two need to go on this, I don't want you to like present it as like, you're thinking wrong or you're, you know, you're crazy in this situation or you need to go out as Greg said, get fixed. No, it's, it's to be able to say, honey, you have such an amazing heart and she does. But I think that you're so overwhelmed that you're having a hard time stepping back and getting clarity of the way on this. And 
I really want to be there to support you. So let's talk to somebody who's professional and can really work us through some steps on how to discern what we should be prioritizing, how you should be managing your time, how you can really succeed in being the Catholic, the wife, the mother, and the teacher that God's really calling you to be so that you can thrive. Let's do this together. That's how you would present this to her, because that's truly the honest honest thing you're trying to do here. I will suggest an additional resource. Uh, my book, um, God Help Me, This Stress is Driving Me Crazy, Finding Balance Through God's Grace, is a terrific resource to really help you see how and where you need to set boundaries so that you can still be effective in all the roles that you play. Um, but not neglect yourself or the people who depend most on you. Again, that's God help me. This stress is driving me crazy, finding balance through God's grace. It's available at catholiccounselors.com. And if you feel like you need more personalized support, you can take advantage of the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, which you can learn more about at catholiccounselors.com as well. Thomas, thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do to support you and your wife, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We are here for you. 877 573-7825. We're talking with you today on More to Life about how much is too much. Yes, we are called to be generous to others. That's a good thing. We even enjoy knowing that we can bless other people and make their lives better with the gifts God has given us. But sometimes, in our attempts to be generous, we end up being taken advantage of. We end up making the situation worse because our attempts to help others aren't really helpful and actually cause that person to become even less responsible or more entitled. Um, Sometimes we have a hard time knowing when it's okay to say no or how to say no or how to set limits with somebody who might be taking advantage. Let us help you find the line between being generous and being used today on More to Life. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 573-7825. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day. It comes to us from Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, you know, I chose this scripture because, you know, when we read it, we often hear, you know, bear one another's burdens, and we interpret that as we should bear everybody else's burdens. Very much like Thomas's (laughs) wife. I think that's exactly how she would interpret that scripture. Um, But what it's saying is bear one another's burdens. And and St. John Paul made the point that we can be generous in two ways. The first way is to be a giving receiver. Uh, A giving receiver is somebody who gives to others, but then receives in the sense that we feel good about the gift that we were able to give to those other people right so we're, that's a tip, the, the classic idea of generosity i'm giving to others and it makes me feel good then there's the receiving giver way to be generous and you know just like what makes us feel good to be able to make a difference in somebody else's life it makes other people feel good to let them make a difference in our life too and so when saint paul says bear one another's burdens he's reminding us of of well what saint john paul talks about in those two ways of being generous serving others as being generous Letting others serve us as being generous, too. And when we bear one another's burdens, we are able to help each other flourish and thrive, just as we're called to. So keep that in mind. And if you're struggling to make that happen in your relationships, give us a call at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. 7825. More to Life will continue with your questions about how much is too much and where to draw the line between being generous and being used when we come back right after this. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? 
Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. If we think like children, can we get a better workout? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. For many of us, getting a workout means going for a run, lifting weights, or doing some push-ups. But are we having fun doing any of those things? Many experts suggest that we need to incorporate play and fun into our workouts, just like when we were kids. We got plenty of exercise, climbing trees, playing ball, or chasing a friend. Now some personal trainers are incorporating childlike routines in their planned workouts to keep things fresh and filled with fun. The experts suggest that we watch kids at play and mirror their exercise. Kids don't usually run for miles and miles. They run, stop, jump, and play. Then they do it again. They mix things up. They laugh, they still sweat, and they still get out of breath. They get a good workout. We can do the same. For more on playful workouts, head over to our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy, and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today's show is titled, How Much is Too Much?, you know, we're called to be generous to others, and it even makes us feel good to be a blessing to others with the gifts God's given us. But what about those times when we're being taken advantage of? We want to help you find the line between being generous and being used. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Deb, who's listening to EWTN Radio in California on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Deb. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Thank you so much. Um, I'm a teacher, and I love my job. I've been doing it for 25 years. I'm not ready to retire yet, but I barely pulled myself out of bed to come to work today. Hmm. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm attacked by parents getting phone calls. Um, no, my child doesn't have to run at PE. You let them stop whenever they want to stop. And <laughs> run in, I mean, these are very short laps. They're very small. Um, we have, I explained, we have standards and expectations that every child in this grade need to be doing. And my their reply was, it doesn't matter. That's not important to me. You let them do whatever they want to do. Um, kids are, I buy them things with my own money. 
pencil balls and they get broken, lost. Um, even after I've told them not to with the substitute, they've taken them out. Um, parents are threatening, I'm going to go to the board, I'm going to go to district, which they can, they have the right. And but They're going to go to the board and the district over what parts? Just the things they disagree with you on, that kind of thing? Yes, mm-hmm. and um, it's really hard. It's really hard because my first reaction is, is, "Okay, that's it. I'm done." Which yeah. so, Nancy, do you do you have the support of of Do you have the support of the administration? I mean, do, do you feel confident in that, or or not so much? They they do. Their response was, "Let them do whatever they want. Then, what can we do?" I think um, we're picking our battles. You know, um, and they are interceding on the parent calls when possible. They, I don't have to be present at every meeting because they, they are handling that, and that is huge. That's good. Um, it's just hard. It's just hard because I say I'm that's it, but I don't because I love what I do, and, and there's, yeah. Yeah. there are kids who do appreciate, and um, when I'm in here, with the door yeah. closed with my kids we're having fun we're learning and playing and they're learning let me ask yeah. you one more question here just to get a sense of it sounds like you've got that the administration has has your back in the back of the other teachers to a point have you at one of the staff meetings have you all actually come up with an intentional amount of guidelines on what you will not give on such as grades and homework assignments and participation in class and what you are like okay these parents are so obnoxious we can't stand it anymore we'll give on running laps or you know opening juice boxes or whatever they want is there a delineated written kind of understanding of that so you know what to focus on we do have a very strong union and excuse me and they yes there are clear expectations and guidelines in that regard i guess i'm just feeling frustrated that i i know that there's nothing that they can do they can go to district all they want because i'm i'm within the guidelines Mm -hmm. but it just frustrates me that i have to even deal with those comments and calls and when I'm trying to schedule back to school night, they're not coming. You know, the the, the things okay. that yeah. I consider essential to your child. Oh, learning. I hear your frustration so much. And before we, like, talk about ways to move forward here, I want to, first of all, thank you, Deb, for being such an amazing teacher and caring so much and having these children's well-being in the forefront of your mind. These parents should be giving you a standing ovation, trying to realize what you're doing for their kids is amazing and fewer and fewer teachers are staying in the profession because of exactly this in fact there's a youtuber that has left the profession she's a young woman she is a teacher and she swears she will never go back and she does youtube videos about exactly this kind of thing the constant attacks and and kind of idiocy that parents are putting teachers through nowadays so thank you for sticking with it thank you for being who you are now let's talk about you know maybe some ways to think about this differently it's 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 very difficult when people are coming at you the fact that you have 
written priorities can help. Well, look, so so I, I think that the, the frustration, I mean, it's, it's twofold, right? So the, fir- the first level of frustration is just that you have to deal with this at all. Yeah. Um, but I think the other part of it is that you, you want the parents to be your partner in forming their kids. And that's, you know, that's the way it should be, right? Parents and teachers should be working together. Um, when that's not happening, and, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. What's occurring to me is this happens in, in, in lots of different situations where, where we want the, this other person to work with us, to come alongside of us, and we feel frustrated because we can't make them do that. And I think that's where you're getting hung up. Um, it's bad enough that you have to put up with the thing, you know, the attack, the unreasonable request, the you know, unreasonable comment. But when you feel like you can't break through to them and say, well, look, I need you to come alongside of me. That's where it becomes especially frustrating because you don't, you're not sure what to do to get them on board. And what I'm going to suggest to you is that you stop trying to do that. The, the parents who are going to want to be on board with you are going to be on board with you. And the parents who aren't, aren't. And, and the ones who aren't, you, you can't reason with them. So you shouldn't try. You know, it's, it's not an argument that you can win or an argument that you should have. What you need to do um, is, is, is what you think is best. And then let the chips fall where they will. Within that structure that's built into your union and your administration, it is absolutely within your power. And some of these parents really need this. You know, just a very simple, clear, but firm statement. This is what's required of your child in our class. If your child cannot do that, they need a physician's note. End of story. And if they say, you know, and, and even in a public school, if, if they say, you know, look, um, you know, that's not important to me. It's like, well, it's important to the school, and this is where your child is. If you'd like to put them someplace else, that's, that's your choice. These are our guidelines, plain and simple. These and are our guidelines. We have to keep you, them standard for every child. You don't have to please them. You don't have to convince them. You don't have to make them be the partner. And so, and I think that, that if you can kind of give up that piece of it and just sort of hold the line and say, well, I understand how you feel. I certainly respect that. We'll do what we can, but here's, you know, but here's what the standard is, and that's where we're going to leave it. Then, then that's what you hold on to, right? Because if, if, and then it's the parents' choice to do what they want, right? Uh, but, but the more you try to put energy into saying, why can't I get these parents to be partners with me in forming their kids, the more frustrated you're going to be. Now, I will add this other thing on. You know, you've got a bunch of kids here who aren't being raised right. There's no two ways about it. So don't waste your money on giving them, you know, the pencils and the balls and the extra things. You seem like a great teacher. You said you're having fun in the classroom and kids are learning. Stick with that so that you're not constantly being reminded of the lack of appreciation from the parents that is then being passed down in the attitude of the children on how they treat your gifts. Let's just stay on point and you know, teach them what they need to learn in the most positive way possible so that you can enjoy as much as you can and maybe stop giving so much personally. Stick within those guidelines because you'll still be a fantastic teacher, but you'll be less drained. All right. Thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us here or through CatholicCounselors.com. And again, thank you for what you're doing, Deb, for your service, because that's truly what it is. That's all the time we've got for today's program. Thanks for tuning in and for allowing us to walk with you during this part of your journey. If you are struggling in your relationships to find that line between being generous and being used, check out the resources we have for you at CatholicCounselors.com, including learning more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice where you can work with a faithful professional catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage family and personal life through the light of god's grace again learn more at catholiccounselors.com about how we can help you lead a more abundant marriage family or personal life that's catholiccounselors.com and remember 
When we are in God's grace, there is so much more to life. Get out there and start living the life God has in store for you. Thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchuk. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.